Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Don't name right. Okay, there we go. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome in to the show. No, uh, you know, for whatever reason, my setup doesn't like it when I when I change stuff on the trip. It just likes to reset all of my wonderful settings that I have, you know, meticulously set up over the over the weeks and months on my desktop. My laptop likes to spit those out and just, you know, get rid of everything. So, you know, always fun uh, when we when we go on the road for the show. I'm back in Florida, obviously, guys, and your host, Kevin Knight. We are here on the Falcon Lock Live for our Falcons vs. Colts Week 16 post-game show. And as you can see, I'm joined by two great guests. First of all, we've got Jordan Watkins at Big 75, fella. Jordan, Merry Christmas, first of all. And we've got a Christmas miracle today. How are you doing? <laughs> defense had what six seven sacks today uh i couldn't ask for anything better I'm yeah feeling pretty good yeah i mean love the defense i mean this is the best game of the year by far especially when you consider the opponent for the defense uh we're gonna get into the offense too before we do of course want to welcome in uh evan birchfield for a rare appearance as well he's at evan birchfield another christmas miracle getting evan on today's <laughs> show uh evan how we doing uh doing great um yeah i had to save it for like a good falcons game to come back and um and there was one today so it was very nice no that was a good call good call by you like oh i'm gonna (laughs) be very strategic uh let's see how they do okay i'm coming in i'm coming in now yeah i like that it's uh good job by you uh picking this game (laughs) and uh, i think uh we got we got a lot of good stuff to talk about uh i i mean we've been waiting for all year right to finally see this team play a complete game and we finally got it in week 16, which I guess it's it's better than not ever happening at all. Uh, it's not great that it did take this long, but once again, because of how terrible this division is, we just saw the Saints uh, get waxed and the Bucks have to play the Jaguars today. We don't really, you know, that that's not exactly a gimme for them, although the Bucks have certainly looked better in recent weeks. Uh, Ray Boom with the $2 says, let's props, let's hope Tampa Bay loses. Yeah, that would be significant for the Falcons. And of course, next week, the Saints and Bucks play each other, and that will be another critical game. But Falcons, you know, technically not out of it. I believe they're maybe going to be hovering around the 20s in terms of uh, their playoff chances. So they've they've elevated from like, you know, very low chance miracle to like mildly possible miracle. So that's a positive. Uh, Jordan already mentioned the defense and the pass rush, and we're going to throw praise at Zach Harrison, of course, who I, I think he's somebody we got to talk about. Of course, Jesse Bates playing amazing football. A uh, lot to get to on the defensive side. And the offense wasn't necessarily dominant, but we did see a dominant ground performance. We saw a lot of uh, quick, easy passes that didn't really ask Taylor Heineke to, to do too much, although one we did see one really nice pass from Taylor Heineke to Kyle Pitts for the touchdown which was definitely the pass of the game um there were definitely issues still with the passing game and and the quarterback but uh ultimately today the Falcons don't end up turning the ball over on offense play a clean game relatively speaking on both sides of the ball and it results in their first dominant uh three score win of the year they didn't quite get above 30 points (laughs) which I thought was just hilarious uh because I feel like if the game was closer, they probably do score the touchdown there instead of Bijan going down. But, uh, you know, whatever. I'll, we'll let that slide. Does that, I feel like they could have scored 30 if they wanted to. So, um, you know, I'll let that one slide this week. But lots to get to, you guys. Thank you all for joining us. Before we go too much further, I want to bring you 
a quick word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. Folks, the holidays are here, and BetOnline is still your number one source for all your sports betting information. I know we're all going to be taking the next couple days off relaxing. Well, guys, BetOnline is never going to take the holidays off, and they can't because there's too many good bets out there. Unfortunately, I did not make any uh, with, you know, these prize picks that we're going to get to at the end of the show. But you can uh, because the NFL bowl season and the NBA are in full swing over the holidays, and they've got all the up-to-the-minute sports wagering information that you need with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So what are you waiting for, guys? Head there today to get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code when you sign up. It's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And like I said, uh, whiffed on the prize picks again today, although Youngway Koo came in clutch. Uh, my other ones were, were less less clutch. Uh, we will get to those at the end of the show, checking up on that. But let's uh, let's start with the defense. And Jordan, you're my you're my defense guy. I know I I know how excited uh, you were to see the young players and pretty much everyone on defense. The young and the old players really. Clay's Campbell had a hell of a game. Zach Harrison had a hell of a game. Arnold Abicady got involved. Uh, just what what do you, what did you see? I mean, what what was it? Did any was it anything different? that you saw or just did, did stuff finally start coming together and clicking for these young guys? I mean, for the young guys, it just looked like one of those things of a continuation of what we've been seeing in terms of the more reps you get, the better and more accustomed to the NFL that you, you, you become right. I, I think we've talked about Zach Harrison a few weeks now in terms of, man, it looks like he's getting better, man. He's starting to flash here, man. He's starting to flash there. This is the most consistent game that he's had, but I also think that makes sense. And, you know, again, it was one of those things where I, I'm i now hoping that we can get some more pass rush packages where he's in there too. I think he's earned that. Um, not to say that Bud Dupree or, or you know, Arnold epicady has been playing poorly to where they need to go out of it. It's just, no, I think he's earned the right to get in there. Uh, and maybe you go in like a certain, um, you develop a speed package, which I know a lot of teams have where you have, it's third and obvious, you know, you have four DNs out there, right? So now you're getting a faster guy on the inside as well, or Calais goes inside as one of those DN types. So that's just one of the things for me. I think it's just, again, all these guys are getting reps, right? Helms made a couple of plays and a couple of tackles out there. Clark Phillips was in phase perfectly on a ball down the sideline. Uh, again, all that just comes with the reps that these guys are finally getting, getting to have and having consistently, so it's good to see. But also, I want to say this because this is something that we've been harping on for weeks now. You see how good and how fresh that defense looked when they don't have to be on the field so much you know, in the third, the middle of the game, going into the third quarter, late third quarter. Like well, I, I, it, I know it's incredible. And so the thing is, look, we're we're going to talk about the offense eventually. I'm going to give them their praise. There's still a couple of things there that we do have to talk about. But overall. I have to give them credit for even on, on certain drives where maybe they didn't get a touchdown and they should have or things like that. They gave the defense some time to rest this game. And that's something that the defense has needed um, for weeks. And so it's just, like I said, it's just surprising that this is probably one of the better defensive games completely that we've seen in a few weeks. And this is when they actually get a chance to rest. Yeah. It's not a coincidence at all because that's what we were harping on. It's like, look, this defense is good. I think their stats bear it out. They're great in all the areas that you look for from a good defense. They're not overly reliant on turnovers either. You know, and then that's the story of the Colts, right? 
that they're number two in turnovers. They're really good in sack rate. But if you look at their down to down stuff, their red zone, their third down, you can see, oh, this defense is vulnerable. They've really benefited from a lot, generating a lot of turnovers. They didn't generate any turnovers today, and the Falcons carved them up. And it's like, okay, so so defenses that typically have a lot of turnovers, you're you're starting to wonder, okay, how good is this defense actually, or are they just completely relying on turnovers? And the Falcons are the ops. They're the opposite. They they haven't generated a ton. It's not like they're not getting any. They got the one today. They probably could have got another one on that fumble that ended up luckily going back to that Colts player, but. Falcons recovered that really bad botch snap, so we'll call it even on the fumble luck today. But uh, it, you're absolutely right. Like this whole, like this game was how this team was supposed to look all year. You, you dominate on the ground, you eat up time of possession, you make the pass plays you have to, you hit a couple of those deep shots, and then the defense goes out and plays well, and, and they have plenty of energy to close the game out, uh, which they do. Instead of the offense shoots themselves in the foot 15 times, the defense is on the field the entire game. And by the time they get to the end, they got nothing left, you know, but it's just not that they can't, it just, it matters so much. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of fans, not everyone, and it's not meant to be a dig necessarily, but it's, it's hard to grasp on a stat sheet. It's hard to, to mentally, you know, talk to see it on the field, but like it it matters so much. Um, Your offense can't, keep shooting your defense you know you can't just turn around and you know it's like that meme from the eric andre show where he you know he's like shoots shoots him in the chair and he's like oh why did you do this you know why did you guys do this it's like oh why did the defense blow the lead you know and it's (laughs) so um it's 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 just one of them things no absolutely One, one other thing i wanted to note too really quickly about the defense and here's a shout out to uh to coaching here's why so richie grant came on a blitz and got a sack right now it's one thing to see he got a sack. It's another thing to see how he got the sack. He made an inside move on a tight end, quick swim over. That's not something that a defensive back naturally does. So I don't know if that means that, you know, whether it was Nielsen himself or they had some of the DBs that come down and, and maybe they worked on some pass rush moves with the D-line group, which sometimes that does happen in practice if you know someone's going to be uh, rushing in blitz packages. But it was a Perfect swim move. I mean, especially from a DB that I'm not going to expect that from. And, you know, he, he got home and it worked. So I just want to say, like, I want to give a shout out to for the coaching staff this week from the fact that I could see that on tape. I know that that's coaching on mm-hmm. tape from that. And also, of course, shout out on Richie for, for actually working on it and being able to do it in a game session. But when you see certain details like that, you know when you, you can just tell. Like, like Again, you can look at the stats and the numbers and all that, and that tells you this is a great defense and means it's a great defensive staff. I don't disagree. But when you can see a play like that happen, that's how you know how well coached this group is. Yeah. No, and I, I agree. And, you know, they 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 emphasize that everyone is a pass rusher, and I, I certainly like that. And they, they aren't always super reliant on the blitz. They haven't necessarily needed to be this year just because of how fundamental everyone plays. But – um, it's funny because this game, they did blitz a lot, but it actually ended up being, I think the four man pressures that got a lot, a lot of the sacks, you know, and mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily have to, but the pressure was working. So definitely don't, uh, don't, don't blow it off. You know, don't forget about the, the, the quality of your blitzers too. Um, and I do wonder, cause we're going to talk about that. They're really the only issue I have is, you know, I don't think Mike Hughes is anywhere near the player D'Alfer is in, in coverage. But he is a better blitzer. That is the one thing that Mike Hughes has over D. Alford. Now, I don't think it's worth it, but that may be... I mean, that's the only thing I could think of as to why Mike Hughes is playing over D. Alford is that... Uh, and again, Mike Hughes did not have a bad day today. Um, 
he's had two pretty decent games back to back, but uh, we'll, we'll, you know, that's a minor, a very minor, minor uh, nitpick on my part with, with the way they're doing things out there. Cause everything else I think was working well, but uh, Evan, we haven't had you on a lot here. I, I, this is such a fun defensive game to talk about anything in particular you wanted to highlight. Um, no, not much more to add. Um, I'm sure this has been mentioned a lot on the show, but, um, I'm continually amazed by how good this, um, defensive, like free agency class we brought in, um, is, and it's probably one of the best, like off the top of my head, I can't really think of a better group that they've brought in. I mean, obviously the impact Jesse Bates has made, um, worth every penny. Um, and actually we probably stole him. Um, just the impact he's made, you know, with his turnovers, he should be an all pro if he's not, it's just more of that Falcons bias, um, that the league continues to throw away, um, place Campbell, you know, great locker room guy, but like, did anybody expect this kind of impact he's made? I mean, at best, you know, and it's literally been a best case scenario with him and, you know, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but it warms my heart seeing him bring the dirty bird. Uh, celebration every time he gets a sack. Um, the fact that he's like showing others how to do it on the sideline is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and then Caden Ellis, you know, having that kind of linebacker who's just coming up the middle, making impacts, even if he's not getting a sack, just being able to flush him um, out to the side to where like Zach Harrison can get the sack. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff doesn't always show up on the stats, stat sheet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm continuously impressed by this defense. You know, I was kind of a little nervous. I know they've been good all year, but seeing, like, Jonathan Taylor come in, he was a non-factor. He had, like, just barely above, I think, two yards per carry. Um, he had that touchdown, but it was, I mean, it was right at the goal line. It wasn't, like, yeah. a crazy good play or anything like that. That could have been anybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just continually amazed by, you know, this defense and, to Jordan's point, um, you, you do get to see what this de- – I mean, we've seen it, you know, pretty much all season aside from a few games where if the offense can just keep, you know, let the defense rest a little bit, the impact they can make. And they made it today, you know, 10 points. I know the Colts didn't have uh, uh, Michael Pittman uh, Jr., but still, it was still a good offense. You know, Josh Downs um, has been incredible. Um Zach Moss didn't play, obviously, but they still got Jonathan Taylor back. Um, and it didn't really matter. The defense, you know, showed their will. And, um, yeah, it was a good good overall day for the whole team. But, like, the defense just, I mean, holding them to 10 points. That's yeah. You're going to win just by any game as long as your offense is competent. <laughs> so. Right. That which hasn't happened as often as it should have, unfortunately. But I mean, because right. <laughs> people, it's like, oh yeah. By the way, guys, they allowed more points today than they did against the Panthers, and guess what? Yeah. They lost. So it's like, you know, I, I, that's why I just keep getting on people. Like, well, I'm not blaming the defense for this. Come on, like it, no. you got to be able to score more than not like more than nine points in the NFL, or else you're a joke offense. And, and the defense the throughout the year, they kept yeah. them in games to where they shouldn't have even been close to be able to win games. How bad the offense plays at times or most of the time, but the defense kept them alive. And that's all you can expect in the modern NFL. I mean, the days of having like the Ravens, like early 2000s or Bears 85 defenses, like where they just win the game for you, that that's not really going to happen the way the NFL set up now. You just have to have a defense who can literally keep you alive, and keep the score low. And that's what the Falcons defense has pretty much been doing all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's why it's so frustrating that we really didn't right. even need that much from the offense. We just needed them to 
be normal you know be average, yeah be normal right. and it would be fine and we couldn't get yeah. that uh but we did get it today so i'm not i'm not gonna bury him uh today christmas miracle there we got raymond with the two dollars says props you know i i read that already we need tampa bay to hold up their end of the bargain they are not holding up their end so far uh or the jaguars the tampa bay's up nine at this point um mm. but yeah i mean the defense came to play, and Zach Harrison, man, uh, I think we, I think we got some, something cooking here with Harrison. You know, last week had that sack uh, after he dropped in coverage, which really showed off that athleticism. And then this week, two sacks. He's been making plays. I think he's certainly earned a bigger role. And like, the Falcons desperately need people to step up in that edge room. And and you know, Arnold Ebicady had been sort of the most promising one coming into the season. And I, I'm not like giving up on him or anything, but I just he doesn't set the edge the way that I think Nielsen wants his, his edge defenders to play. And that, you know, is a reason he's only getting, you know, 18 to 20 sacks a game or uh, sacks. That would be nice. Uh, snaps a game. Um, instead, you know, Nielsen is looking for that more traditional four, three hand in the dirt rusher. Now he's fine with using hybrid guys like Lorenzo Carter is another guy that deserves a lot of props. He's really, uh, dominated over the past couple games as a run defender, particularly on the edge. Um, but we needed somebody else to step up, uh, especially with the Grady Jarrett injury and all this. And then I think Zach Harrison has has really been it this these last two games in particular. And that's huge going forward for this team because they, they so badly need it going into next season. They need some juice in the edge room. They can't just uh, hope to get it all in the draft and free agency. They need to to, to have developed something here. Obviously, Clayus Campbell's helped out there too, but... Jordan, what do you what do you think about that man, Zach Harrison? Are you are you pretty encouraged now at this point about about what he can offer this team going forward? I've been encouraged for a few weeks, Evan. It was one of those things again. That's why I wanted to say before. It just all that mattered was he just had to keep getting reps. Yeah. You know where it was a situation, and again, I'm not saying Nielsen was wrong for this. I guess I'm just more curious from the standpoint of you know there were some of those weeks where. We weren't getting that uh, production from guys like Bud Dupree. Like he, he's been better as of late, right? Like you know, the last couple of weeks he's been a lot better. But even then, it's like, okay, where, like, why can't Zach Harrison, you know, get some reps here just again to get more custom to the NFL game? But now that now that he is, and you know, it's one of those things where we're seeing him win on just straight up pass rushes. We're seeing him set edges on the runs. I think the best play that he had this game, even though this one wasn't a sack, he rushed to the level of Gardner Minshew. Minshew steps up to try to rush the B gap. Zach Harrison stops his rush, counters back up front to get, make it stop for like a no game, one yard game. I thought that was his best play because again, to your point about the uh, play he made on Bryce Young last week, this shows you how athletic and how agile he is in terms of that first step at times. So uh, no, I, I really do think that that's a pick that really is going to be something for years to come for Atlanta. And, and uh, you know, like, honestly, I, I know we've had a lot that we could say in years past, um, just speaking about him, there's a lot that we could say in years past about Terry Fontenot and drafting, especially in some of the higher picks or whatnot. This draft class is gonna, looking like it's going to be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I, I I fully do believe that. And of course there are a lot of players on defense that, that make me say that too. Yeah. And like, you know, part of me wonders like, cause, cause Fontenot was catching some heat for the draft classes. And I know that first one, it's not looking super great. You know, we've seen Richie Grant have his fair share of struggles and he was benched last week. I think he had a bounce back game today for sure. Um, 
But like, you know, obviously Jalen Mayfield's already gone. Um, you know, Adeo Gandeji, I think the jury's still out on that one because again, he's a day three pick and I think he had shown some things as a rotational guy, mostly a run stuffer, and then he was going to play a different role in this defense, misses the whole season. So um, again, I mean, I, I'm not going to ding a guy for injury. I mean, that's, you can't really blame the, unless he had like a, a history of it coming in. I mean, it's hard to do that, but um, so that, but Taquan Graham, I think, you know, he's starting to heat up a little bit more. You like that, Th- that second class, it, it was clearly like designed like, okay, peas, we're going to throw a bunch of picks at these guys for you. And we're going to hope one of them hits. And then they just changed the scheme on him. So it's like, you know, D'Angelo Malone is, is even less of a scheme fit than Ebicady somehow. So it's just like, it's, it's tough for these guys to get on the field. And again, it's like, do you really blame the GM for going out and getting guys for the scheme that was here at the time? You know, is it his fault that the scheme changed? No. Um, so, you know, and I, I still think there's a lot of promise from that, that class. But this one, like you said, you know, obviously Bajan is, is who he is. Uh, and we've got Matthew Bergeron, I think, really coming along. We've got Zach Harrison now in the third round looking good. Clark Phillips is starting now, like we said, by the end of the year, he would be. Um, And then uh, DeMarco Helms, I mean, basically starting as well, seventh rounder. So, uh, I mean, you you can't be too upset with how this has gone with with that class. You're absolutely right about that, Jordan. Yeah, like I said, it's just one of those things where – you want to see the mix, right? We, we've seen the free agency side already of it, right? Like going into the year, obviously Jesse Bates, first team all pro, anybody disagrees, go argue with a brick wall. Um, Clays Campbell, again, 36 or 37 going on 26, as I like to say. David Amiyamata, like let, let's also recognize, even if the, the numbers or he didn't have a flashy play today, David Amiyamata was a big difference in why that the, the run defense yeah. was so good today. He was a big part of that. Uh, so I, you know, I want to give him credit for that. Obviously, Caden Ellis has been amazing. So we we knew the free agency side of it was covered. Now we're also seeing a lot more of the draft side of it being covered too. So again, it's just really good to see, and, and a lot of that has to do with uh, the again the picks on defense. Of course, you mentioned you know guys like Bijan and, and Bergeron too on offense, but the defense is really where we've seen and I think needed in a lot of certain uh, positions. Uh, for for you know those draft picks to step up yeah no absolutely and yeah I mean Evan I'm curious what what you think about how all these young guys are playing and then stepping up and and you know I know you've been a pretty big fan of of Fontenot as well but you know are you you feeling a little bit more encouraged with the early returns from this year's draft class yeah I mean how could you not Um, they've as Jordan you know perfectly put they they've all you know stepped up when they've been able to um I mean, obviously, like Bijan, you know what you have there, and more of the gripe with him has been his usage by the coach. But, I mean, overall, yeah, I mean, Bergeron's probably my favorite of the bunch. Just um, I think he's going to grow a lot. You know, I I don't want to make the comparison right now to Lindstrom, but because Lindstrom, you know, we know he's, like, great now. But there was a little bit at the beginning, I don't know if people remember, where it was like, this guy's struggling a little bit. He wasn't perfect out of the gate. And, you know, fingers crossed, but hopefully that's happening on the left side of the offensive line um, with Bergeron, where it's, he's just going to get better. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm overall excited about the class. Fontenot, I've never thought was a problem anyways, but um, between free agency and draft class, like, I'm, I'm definitely pleased. Yeah. No, me too. And it's been it's been nice to see so far these guys really coming along and uh, mm-hmm. hoping that that trend continues here. But yeah, yeah, I mean, 
defensively, like you look at it, I mean, the Falcons hold the Colts under 300. This was the eighth ranked offense coming into this game. I mean, this is not, obviously they don't have Michael Pittman, which is a big loss. And that was kind of a surprise considering he was more or less cleared to play and then mm-hmm. started having um, the concussion symptoms reappear on during the travel to the game. Um, so obviously we hope he's okay and is able to recover uh, quickly from that. But you know, just 170 passing yards for Minshew, 262 total yards, under 100 rushing yards allowed. And like you mentioned, you know, Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries for 43 yards for just 2.4 pop. And, um, you know, this Colts run game was the engine of the offense and the Falcons shut it down um, completely. And they deserve major props for that. I know, obviously, David Onyemata, when he's in there, it's just a different defense. And, and that's why it was so sad to see Grady Jericho out because those two together, it was magical. Um you know, those guys just dominated up front. Um, and even when it's just on Yamada, they can do it. Um, so good to see. I mean, I, I think this is the most impressive defensive performance of the year. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but considering the opponent um, and the situation, you know, this, t- this team, this, this Colts team just scores points uh, and, and the Falcons tell them to just 10. So I think that's really impressive. Yep. It's up there for me. I mean, I'd still argue the Houston game just yeah. for the standpoint of, you know, that's when they still had Nico Collins and Tank Dell with what they were doing at that point in time. And then, like you said, there's no Pittman uh, today for, for Indy, obviously, which is a big thing. But it, it, it's right up there, too. Don't get me wrong. It, it's I think it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, the, if you factor in the quarterback that much, I mean, I think Stroud obviously uh, playing a lot better than, than Gardner Minshew on the whole this year. Uh, poor Texans with with Strab missing two games with that concussion. I think that might end up costing them their playoff spot, but they I think they deserve it if they can find a way to right the ship there. But um, yeah, I mean, just so impressed with the defense. I mean, massive props. I mean, I, I I'm gonna overlook my beef about you know D Alford not playing just because of how well the the defense as a whole played. I'll, I'll let it slide this time. Um, but you know that's that's my one beef. If that's the only beef I have is like. Well, you know, <laughs> you dominated, but like, I don't know. I think the offer should be playing in the slot. You know, all, you know, that's okay. I'm n- you're never going to completely agree with, with the coaching staff and that's fine because, you know, everybody's got different opinions and I'm sure they have their reasons and they get the benefit of the doubt with this stuff. They've earned it at this point. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about the offense because it, it did work today. You know, it hasn't worked a lot all year, but again, when this team can run the football, the offense looks pretty good and they didn't need a ton from the passing game. Uh, either you know just 229 yards through the air but that's a solid number because uh, they added 177 rushing yards as well uh, to get over 400 yards on the day pretty much everyone that touched the ball for the Falcons was doing a hell of a job uh, Bijan you know 12 for 72 and that included several negative runs too still over six yards a carry Algier over seven yards a carry close to eight on his nine for 69 and then Patterson his was hurt I think by that uh, that tackle for loss on like the final series but um i think he was over four yards a carry before that but he was seven for 26 then heineke had a couple nice runs in there too uh the passing game was was weird you know drake london just three for 39 kyle pitts also three for 39 but he did get that really nice touchdown um you know they they distributed the ball quite a bit uh Bijan ended up being the leading receiver with seven for 50 it was a lot of like dump offs and stuff like that they were clearly trying to be careful with the football knowing that the Colts are great at taking the ball away, especially deep with all the zone they play. So the scheme worked. Like, it worked today. There were still some things that you hate to see, like, before the half, you know, they, they have to waste the time out because they're not ready to go. Like, I mean, it's just there's, – there's still some frustrating coaching things there. And, 
Heineke, I think, was was far from perfect in this game. Like, he was late on way too many throws. They cost the team a touchdown with how late he was on that throw to Bijan. And also the placement wasn't tremendous on it. And then, you know, the fumbled snap, that was 100% his fault. You know, you got to make sure you secure that. And then he should have thrown a pick. So, like, I, I'm not going to get on him too much because he didn't actually turn it over. And I think overall the offense was mostly on schedule. But, like, you can tell that quarterback is still arguably the biggest problem on the offense uh, in this one. And and it's it's definitely, you know, whether it's Ritter or Heineke, it's it's still kind of a dice roll with what kind of game you're going to get from your quarterback. But it was it was relatively clean today, and I'll give Heineke his props. You know, you, Heineke's never boring, okay? I'll give him that. When he's in the game, it's never going to be boring. So uh, what did you think about the offensive uh, performance today, Evan? Um, yeah, I mean, it was like that it was kind of weird. Like in the first half, um, especially like one, one of the first drives, it's like you saw Pitts really used. Um, he had that one catch where it was like he had to reach back and grabbed it, but it seemed like it was going to be like a pretty big Pitts day. And I know he ended up scoring, um, which was actually a really good throw by Heineke. He dropped it right over the defender's head, but then he was just phased out the rest of the game. Drake London, he had like that drive where he had like, I think two catches back to back or close to it. And then he was just gone the rest of the game, finished with three catches for 30-something yards or whatever. So it's still, like, weird that we've got these, you know, guys who could be superstars getting less receptions than John Smith, like, no matter what. It doesn't it doesn't matter what week it is. It's just I want to see, like, use them. Um, Bijan definitely got, you know, more usage this week, uh, as you mentioned, Kevin, getting uh, seven catches on the ground and stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, the Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like I want to see them actually being used in this offense for what they are, like not just, oh, let's use them and then kind of fade away from them. But the run game did take off. So, I, I you know, I'm going to give them a pass this week, Algier, you know. Um, there were some games where I was like, why are we not just grinding Algier? Like that's what he does. And then he did it this game where it's just like you keep throwing him at the wall and eventually he's running through it. And that's kind of what happened where he scored. Um, and then Patterson, yeah, his stats weren't great, but – they went to him when they really needed him to get like a first down and he would do it. So I, I understand that, but um, overall, I mean, yeah, it, on the stat sheet, it looks like Heineke didn't have any turnovers, but he was very close to having some turnovers. Um, luckily it went the Falcons way. So uh, yeah, can't complain too much, but yeah, I, I will say quarterback is still the biggest need on this team. Um, Ritter's not it. Heineke's not it. When they do have like a really good quarterback, you know, fingers crossed that that's, you know, next season. Um, Drake London is going to be insane. I mean, I, we already have seen, like, yeah. the flashes and stuff, but I'm excited for what the future holds for him. And then, you know, the fantasy, and I'm one of them, like the fantasy people um, who look down on Kyle Pitts, like, oh, he's not good because his fantasy numbers aren't good. He shows those flashes too. Like, once they have a quarterback who actually can use them, um, it's going to be very exciting to see, like, their growth. Yeah, I agree. And, that's the thing is, is, you know, and the, and the questions about Smith, I think will continue. Obviously this helps him um, because it's, you know, it, it's a win. It's a dominant win. You know, he needs games like this to keep his job. And I think some people were like, okay, he's already out the door. And, and I think, you know, Jordan, you in particular, were really trying to caution people that like, okay, he's probably not out the door yet. <laughs> like, you know, there's still three games left. There's a lot of football left and, you know, they could still make the playoffs. So like if they, if they pulled off a miracle and won three games and made it into the playoffs, they're not firing for that. So, uh, you know, he, Arthur Smith helped himself today. I mean, I, I 
there were there were some calls that I liked. You know that Kyle Pitts throw. Uh, I think that was that was a great call and great decision by Heineke to go for that one. You know, I think there were still some questionable things here and there. And, you know, I hate the time management error at the end of the first half that cost him a shot at the end zone. You know, does that really matter? I don't know. But, um, you know, I think overall this was a cleaner game for Smith. And, and you know, the the I think the players for the most part played, played a clean game too. Um, and, you know, is it directly Arthur Smith's fault when people don't run the right routes? You know, no. But... It's maybe uh, people on the coaching staff's fault that it's been sloppy all year. But again, it was final. It was nice to see a clean game for once, Jordan. Um, but I know, you know, you. What, what did you think about the, the the play calling and the overall performance of the offense in this one? Define what you mean by clean. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot ten times to where the defense had to. <laughs> you know, they tried. They the tried to. They did. They did. That, that, that's why. That's why I'm there. asking the question of the, like, what do you? I guess it, it's like, in the context of the Falcons this year. Because I guess I'll say this again. I go back to yeah. you remember coming into this year, and I, and I'll use the, the the final Saints game last year for the perfect example. Everyone, all the the media pages, yada yada, were out there saying Desmond Ritter. He's he hasn't turned the ball over yet. So yeah, well, he should have thrown at least three picks in the Saints game. Like that, that matters more to me to an extent, just in terms of what a person is than what the stats and numbers say itself. Right now. So my thing is Taylor Heineke has been in this league, what, seven years. We know who he's a turnover machine. Okay. Like, and so, yeah, even in this game, you might say, oh yeah, he didn't turn the ball over. Well, first off, unless we all want to blame Drew Dahlman for a perfect snap, uh, he put the ball in harm's way there. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of throws where because he threw it late, and as people know, this is a smaller Colts linebacking group, but they're a very fast linebacking group. They're able to break on passes. And if you don't throw it out when you're supposed to throw it, they'll be able to jump it. Yep. Had a couple there. He could have could have gotten intercepted. Um, you know, that end zone play, you know, we're talking about with Bijan. Yes, I get it. Bijan needs to have a better idea where he is on the sideline. It's a high-low read. Both yeah. of the defenders on that play go high. Just throw the ball to him early. It's it's that it's it's that simple. Again, like I know I've talked about this before. This I think this is game 37, 38 in Taylor Heineke's career. I think it's 25 interceptions and 15 fumbles or something like that. Dude, like we can say all we want about Desmond Ritter being turnover prone because he is. This guy is too. And again, to the point, there were a couple of good throws that I saw and there was a couple of, oh my goodness, what are you doing throws? Yeah. So it, it was a mix. And that's just what we've seen no matter who's been the quarterback this year, right? So the thing for me is I'm just happy to see, first and foremost, we got a lot of our offensive line back, which was great to see. Mm -hmm. Drew Dahlman was back. Lindstrom was uh, in, I think, all but maybe one or two plays. I hope Jake Matthews. Yeah, yeah, I hope Jake Matthews is okay. And, of course, Bergeron's still in there. Um, You know, Obviously, that was a big part of why we were able to run the ball as well as we were today. Also, shout out Tucker Fisk. Yeah. um Future you know fullback gotta, gotta gotta give love to my stanford guys when i can yeah, yeah uh so you know he he had a couple of good uh plays out in space i thought he and drew dalman both did a good job moving out in space to make some things happen um which again it was good to see and look in terms of the overall running game i know a lot of people want to see Bijan get almost every carry i understand it i like seeing this mix up that we were doing like that today you know, Bijan gets a fair share of carries. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I got to see how many he actually had. Tyler Algier gets his. Cordero got some of his when it's like, okay, hey, we need a little, we need to pick up the pace a little bit. Like change, change the energy. Boom, let's get let's get 84 involved. 
And as I've been saying all along, too, I like to see the diversity of who's getting what carried, right? Like, it wasn't just, all right, Tyler's in, boom, let's let's try to get it in between the guards. No, I mean, his touchdown was a was an outside play. And he, sh- he showed, especially with the great blocking on the play, he has enough speed to make it happen, right? He's not a burner, but he has enough speed to make it happen. So in terms of the plays that were called, I mean, you can argue they were some of the same or not sure, that's fine. But in terms of who was running what play, again, when you have the diversity and switch it up, it, it tends to work. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it, it, clean, probably a little too uh, friendly. Uh, but again, they, they, they got lucky, you know, and like you said, that's, that's what happened with Desmond Ritter early. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good in this league. And, and the Falcons have certainly benefited sometimes and spit them, bit them in the ass other times, but man, uh, it, I was pretty frustrated with the, with the late throws. I think that was the one big problem with Heineke today is he was late. Well, that one throw, he just threw up to get picked. That was not late. That was just a really bad decision because the guy was triple covered, but like the the Bijan touchdown and like that's that's what I want to talk about because a lot of people were like oh well Bijan should have stopped and like waited in the end zone like that ball was thrown out of bounds guys like Bijan could have slowed his route down and then it would have been uncatchable like you gotta like I, they're like oh he was looking off the defender he was doing this no you gotta hit your like yeah sure he's looking off the defender that's fine but you still gotta throw the damn ball you can't wait till Bijan's running out the side of the end zone to to get, let that ball loose and that was just one of many opportunities the Falcons missed in this one and if the Colts offense was playing better today they had Michael Pittman you know those could have cost them the game but fortunately it didn't but it's like you know and maybe that's one thing that that Heineke will get a little bit more comfortable with as he gets more games under his belt and again it's like I just hate the quarterback musical chairs like maybe if Heineke had been playing these last five games Falcons said he would be comfortable he'd be all set up in this offense and the Falcons would have won some of these games that the Desert Murder threw away but you know, instead we're we're going back and forth and and playing around with this stuff that I, and I I I dislike the way that's been handled, obviously. But you know, it, it worked out today. Were any picks? Should have lost that fumble. But then again, the Falcons also should have got a fumble off the Colts that they didn't get. So you know, we'll call that even in the fumble luck uh, rules there. But yeah, again, I think it all it all comes down to the run game. You know, and like you said, that the offensive line was back healthy. They opened up the holes. Uh, they did what they needed to do and. Yeah, I mean, I'd still like to have Bijan getting more carries, but he should at least be leading the team in carries. And if he's doing that, then that I guess that that checks the box for me enough there. But um, yeah, it, an interesting game certainly. Uh, it, they did what they needed to do to win, and, and they didn't just win; they dominated. And, and it, again, it's like I put it more on the defense because I feel like the defense kept giving the Falcons great opportunities. They stuffed the Colts on fourth down. They, they got the interception and all this. And it's like, wow, this is what it's, this is what it's like when the offense isn't making mistakes and the defense is making a few plays here and there. And then the Falcons could just stack up all these field goals uh, and, and win by 19 points instead of like fighting for their lives at the end of a game. It was, this is a new experience for me this year. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this just one, one quick thing too, about the whole Heineke Ritter situation. Cause uh, I don't know if y'all saw it or heard it. Terry Bradshaw had some things to say uh, on the Fox pregame show. And, you know, it's one thing if you just don't agree with Arthur Smith or what he is doing, not doing, which obviously, as we know, there are a lot of times where I don't agree. But when you start saying things like you don't respect somebody, that's like a, ooh, all right, that's a that's a different level, right? Because that that's not even 
you know, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just so that, you know, his whole main thing was he told Ritter he's gonna be the guy the rest of the year. Then all of a sudden, here comes Heineke, and he was his whole thing was, you know, it's he must have got a call from somebody upstairs, yeah, right? To like you gotta do this or or else, basically, and I think we all know what or else means. Well, here's just the question I'm gonna ask. Because one again, like I'm not gonna go into the respect thing. That's not that's that's not what I'm what I'm here for. I'm just here to talk football. That that's you know. Uh, the thing for me is depending on what it looks like, because, you know, again, like we scored 29 points today, which is good. I think we could all sit here and be like, well, we could have, should have had more part of that. You can put on a quarterback still who played today too. So my thing is you got this one win. Cool. Now you play it, play Chicago. Chicago's going to have their own, uh, certain sense of, of, of problems based on things that we've seen, you know, earlier in this year. Um, you know, if this quarterback also, let's just say, because you're going on the road now the last two weeks. So say this quarterback puts the ball in harm's way, which he will do because he's done it this whole career, but it actually is capitalized on. Then what? You know, it's like, all right, I because I, I do agree with Terry to one extent. You make this change because somebody's like, uh, you better do something. Otherwise, we, we're going to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So. And it, yeah, I mean, it's also like, if someone else has to come in and tell you that, like, do we really trust your ability to evaluate quarterbacks going forward too? I mean, like, that's another question. Like it, these are the quarterbacks that, that were acquired, for, and this is a separate issue. Cause if this is more about overall evaluation, not necessarily like week to week game management or any of the respect stuff that you brought up, which probably worthy of a whole segment, like on a, on a whole show talking about, <laughs> and I missed his comments. So I'm going to have to go back and watch the pregame. Cause I, I tuned in like right as the game started. Um, so I'll have to check that out too, but it, that's my biggest issue with Smith is like, this is the quarterback room you've assembled. It's clearly nowhere near good enough. And you thought it was so good that not only you didn't have a competition, you didn't really try to bring in anyone else. And it's a huge problem. So it's like, why do I trust you to make the quarterback decision going forward? And like, maybe it's Fontenot's fault or maybe it's this, but yeah. Did, I mean, did you have something there, Evan? Um, uh, Oh, no, no, I'm just listening to your rant. Yeah, yeah, you're enjoying the rant. Okay, I thought thought somebody was, like, raising their hand or something. But, yeah, it's – I'm just really concerned about, like, this is the quarterback room you put together. But, like, I also don't know who's responsible. And it's it's probably not just one person. It's probably both. Um, You know, Fontenot and Smith to some extent. But I don't don't know who is calling the shots. And, like, I think maybe that's by design, but whatever. Because – they basically hired these guys simultaneously, or they, they hired Smith first, essentially, and then brought in Fontenot. So Fontenot didn't really have any input. So, like, who is, who's ahead of the other one? Is it, does Fontenot have control or Smith or whatever? And I don't really care who has control, but I do wonder if, like, it being so ambiguous is causing issues, too. But, um, yeah, I just – I have major concerns about, obviously, quarterback because we, we've seen it, but also, like, do we trust – Arthur Smith to pick the next quarterback or develop the next quarterback, because that's one thing they have failed to do since arriving in Atlanta is, is get the quarterback situation. Right. Um, and that's a big, that's a big concern for me, obviously. And I think it's a concern for pretty much everyone, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, Jordan, what, what do you think? about more, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah say so more note about this. I know there's, there's a, the people are saying tattoo for some chat again, you know, I love you all. Um, but I keep seeing things pop up of they think or people think that Arthur Smith is kind of key in because they're the best uh, 
he gives you the best need to win. Oh. Yep. I am hearing you. It, it, it's coming in a little bit choppy. Okay, so so you can hear me, but not. All right. Yeah, me, yeah. I'll try to come right back in in a second. Oh, let me see if I can fix them. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take a second here. Let me read some read some donations here while we uh, give. You know, I know I know uh, Jordan's coming coming to us maybe from the sunny shores of Hawaii, uh, you know of of, uh, of California there. So it may it may take a second for the signal to reach <laughs> us. But um, we got we got George Costanza with the two dollars saying, I don't think Arthur Smith actually ends up getting fired this year, and I worry we're gonna go into next season with a trash offense and a <laughs> and a, someone who doesn't know how to use the weapons he's drafted. It's a festivist miracle that Kyle Pitts got 50 yards receiving. That's like quadruple his av- his game his average. Yeah, I mean that's a concern, right? Because it, I'm not. I mean I'm not like changing my opinion based on one game. I mean it's obviously nice to get the big win. It's nice oh, to yeah. see things working, but it, it ha- like it. This is not like I'm not really going to change my opinion now. If you win, if you win out and make the playoffs and start and this thing starts coming together and we see more games like this, then sure we can have that conversation. But I'm not letting this one game really change my opinion on. Yeah, because I mean, we, yeah. we've seen this before where it's yeah. like right at the end, you know, head coach who mm-hmm. is on the hot seat, you know, starts winning games. And then it's like, oh, yeah, let's bring him back. You know, yeah. and we've kind of you got to see it, you know, throughout the whole season. You can't forget what happens at the beginning of the season just because it's at the end of the season. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, Jordan, how about we give us a test? All right, let's see. Hopefully yeah, uh, yeah. this works. Yay. Okay, Yeah, cool. it's looking better. Cool, cool. Um, Please continue. Yeah. Yeah, so what I, all I was going to say is if if Taylor Heineke gives or if Arthur Smith feels like Taylor Heineke gives this team the best chance going forward, why did you bench him again in the first place? Like that, I, I just want to know, right? Because remember, and I'm only using this, I'm taking this from what Arthur Smith said himself. Remember when Taylor Heineke got hurt, Ritter comes back in and he, he talks, he's saying this whole thing about – that he, he wants the ball, he wanted it, I could tell it. You know, he never changed in his preparation, like all these things. And then even though Taylor Heineke was okay to go, you still went back to Ritter. And even with some of the turnover games that you had from Desmond Ritter, you stuck with Ritter. Now all of a sudden we're going back to Taylor Heineke, and this is after, of course, we heard from Arthur Blank, you know, this this week as well. So that's why I'm not, I'm not buying the whole thing of he now thinks that Taylor Heineke gives him the best chance to win. I, I just, I can't buy it. But the timeline of everything and how this has gone this year with the quarterback and how the quarterbacks have been managed, I can't buy it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the biggest thing. And it, I mean, I think that's the biggest concern overall. I mean, I, the play calling hasn't been good, but to some extent, I think it's like maybe too overblown with the play calling because like, it's such a overall problem where a lot of factors have come together to make the play calling look even worse. And it's like, I, I don't love I I particularly don't love the passing game concepts and things like that. That's not necessarily a play calling thing. That's more of like an offensive design thing, which I guess is slightly different. But the quarterback situation, that's what, you know, Evan and I were just talking about while you were gone. It's like, it, I mean, how do we trust Arthur Smith to pick the next quarterback? How do we trust that another quarterback is going to fix the problems? Because we've cycled through all these quarterbacks now, Jordan, and, and nothing's been fixed. So, I mean... What, what what I mean, what do we do with this? Like, it's been so spotty. I mean, if you're telling me that the reason why we've had two guys in the same space all year and past concepts is because we don't have a capable enough quarterback and that we're going to have some different schemes and concepts next year if Arthur Smith is back and we have a new quarterback, I got even more questions I got to ask there. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I mean, 
you know, well, first off, you know, I think we quote unquote might luck out depending on what you want to see happen or not happen to Arthur Smith. Cause right now Tampa looks like they're just going to run, just destroy uh, Jacksonville. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things of, I, I really do feel like, I guess the best way I could put it, uh, put it this way is like, you know, one of my friends, he asked me today, said as a Falcons fan, what would get you like, what would get you hyped again? Right. Like I'm happy we won, but I'm not hyped. And all of a sudden like, Ooh, this team is this and that. No, we, we need changes. And I think that's obvious and evident at the two most important spots where you can have it. You know what? That's head coach and quarterback. I think that's blatantly obvious. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, I, Again, and we talked about this on Trench Talk. It's like, I don't want Arthur Smith to be fired. I just want the Falcons to be better. Now, if they can be better with Arthur Smith, fine. But, like, I just, there's so many concerns now, and we've seen three years of this. It's like, is, are we really expecting significant change? And and is Arthur Smith capable of that? Like, are they going to clean house in the coaching staff except for him? Like, it's just, it's all very weird, and, and we still have to see this play out to, to, to really find out, I guess. I, I guess we're not going to really know. Um, probably until Black Monday. <laughs> that's that's what makes me a little nervous too. Is like I have no issue with the defensive staff, and you know if you're cleaning house, sometimes they'll just go anyways. But like I don't want them touched at all because this is like the most like efficient defenses felt like we've seen in quite some time, um, where they're far better than what the offense is doing. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucks. If yeah, it did go that route, but no, and that would be the shame because it's like we clearly have something with Nielsen and, and the system, right? And, you know, we have to, the next thing is like, can it carry over year to year? Because that's that's the tough thing with defenses; it is much more volatile than offense typically year to year. Um, but I would love to to get the opportunity, and and I would hope that the Falcons would be smart enough to try to keep Nielsen around and and you know convince the new coach, especially if it's a a first time head coach like a Ben Johnson or something like that to keep the defensive staff intact. And I'd, I'd have to think that they would try to, to get that to happen and, and we'll, we'll see. Um, but it's, it's dicey. It's super dicey. The whole situation is really dicey. We all know this, the quarterback situation, like, and again, like I I've never advocated for them to tank and I'm not going to do that. It, it It's. And like, I, I think uh, if you guys listen to Aaron Freeman this week, he had a really good, you know, point about like, look where you pick in the first round, it, it doesn't really matter. Like it, the quarterbacks picked in the top five versus the top 15 versus the top 20. There's not really any correlation. It, if there is, it's very small to, to hitting on a quarterback. It's like, you have to draft the right quarterback, no matter where that quarterback is. And sometimes that quarterback isn't in the top five. Sometimes it's in the top 10 or the top 15 or whatever. But ultimately if the Falcons aren't inside the top five, they're going to have to trade up. It's going to be more expensive the further back you get. But ultimately, like to get the quarterback, you, you might have to trade up. It's probably going to be a necessity to do that. And it's probably going to require a future first if you're picking in the teens. But you got to get the quarterback right. That we, we need to get Matt Ryan's successor in here. We've we've messed around for two years now trying to go cheap, trying to get, you know, veterans, whatever. And, and maybe you still could go the veteran route. You know, I, I'm not opposed to the Justin Fields thing. Um, especially if the price is like a day two pick. I mean, I think that that could be one way to, to spend your first on like an edge rusher that you desperately need and still get a quarterback that that's probably higher, much higher upside than anything you have in the building. I still think the most realistic thing is, you know, getting up and getting the quarterback that you want. Probably, you know, probably if, if you're going for Jaden Daniels as the third quarterback, it's going to be a lot easier. If you want 
Drake May or Caleb Williams, it's going to be a lot more difficult and a lot more expensive, which is why I'm more on the Jaden Daniels train personally, just because I think it's not really worth trying to, to give up the assets you'd need to get to, to convince one of those teams in the top three to give you their pick. But um, it's really dicey, and, and I, I don't know exactly what to do with it, but um, I hope that the Falcons get it right. <laughs> that's Because that's the most important thing next year is can you get the quarterback right and if they do change coaching staffs, then that's equally as important. Do you get the, the offense correct? Do you get the right offensive coach in here to set the stage for this young quarterback or this veteran quarterback that you get? But um, potentially, I mean, we're, we're, it's a very dicey situation. We all know this, but I know I know some people are like, let's, let's just lose out. And if you win, you lose. And it's like, no, you never like it, it's overblown. Draft position in general is overblown because guess what? People screw up their their high draft picks. Every single year, like half the teams in the top five and the top 10 are, are get drafted busts or not getting what they expected from their, their top 10 pick. You have to draft the right players, regardless of where you are. Could it theoretically be easier earlier? Sure. But it's not a guarantee. It, it only helps you so but, much. So. Plus the only place that happens is Madden because you're never going to convince a head coach who's on the hot seat to tank or even when that's not on the hot seat to tank because yeah. Yeah, and then you can't convince the players to tank because they probably won't be there next year. So it's oh, yeah. never – I mean, it's easy to say, but it's never realistic. No, and it it instills a losing culture. If that if even there's whispers of that, you can tell. Like, it's a losing culture. It, it infects your whole team, and you, you can't have that. You just can't. You got to go all out to win every week, and you can't take any weeks off even if you're already out of the mix. So, like, look at the Panthers. I mean – they don't even own their own first round pick. Like, so there's, there's, you know, they don't, they're playing for second round draft position, all this stuff, yeah. but like they fired the coach. They've got their interim guy in there. They're trying to win. They're trying to build something. And like, to their credit, yeah. like, they beat the Falcons last week. They, they almost, almost won the day. And they yeah. almost beat the Packers. So like, yeah. you know, that you have to build that up. You can't just play terribly every week and expect that your team's going to get better. You know, you can't phone it in ever in the NFL because like like you said, coaches are on the hot. Like coaches are being evaluated. If they want another shot in the NFL, they can't phone it in. Everyone on the field is being evaluated. They got to put tape out there. They got to convince another team to sign them if they're a free agent or if if they get cut. I mean, even if you're a veteran, like you have to prove it every year because you could be a cap casualty. Like nobody out there can afford to take plays off or to phone it mm -hmm. in because it, it hurts them going forward. So uh, please, uh, Jordan, if you got something to add. Yeah, I, I got to head out. So just one, yeah, yeah. one quick thing back, because, uh, you know, I agree with both of y'all. You're talking about, um, you know, first off, if you if if someone's talking about tanking, just get away from me. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I just I can't do it. I can't do that. Loser mentality. Um, no, it really is. And again, this yeah. is a franchise that's had a loser mentality for years. And this is what we've been trying to change. Right. So let's let's not now all of a sudden embrace it. But again, like to your point, you you, you even heard what some people were saying in terms of free agency when they came in, right? Uh, I saw what they're building. I like what they're building. You're not trying to build a losing culture. You're trying to build a winning one. Also, let's do we have to remind ourselves of even when we've had certain high-level picks, what's happened with them? We got a receiver. We got a running back, and we got a tight end. That's so, yeah, like everyone that's saying that you want a top pick, congratulations. I don't know what other skill position you want. You want to get a fullback <laughs> next? Is that what y'all are looking for now? It's not a guarantee that just because the options are there that you're going to get exactly what you want. 
So my thing is at the end of the day, especially for that locker room, for whatever this this franchise decides to do next, whether that's, again, new head coach, keep the head coach, whatever the case may be. Again, I always want to be in a situation where somebody can look at the Falcons and they're the person in a, in a specific spot that we want or need and be like, oh, they just need me. If I was on that team, man, that would be different. And if you start just losing out, that's that doesn't happen as much. I'm just telling y'all yeah. from how I've, uh, you know, from my experiences being in locker rooms and, and how that looks and how it goes. It You don't want to start just saying it's like more times than not. People like, yeah, the money's still good. People don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. And that that's just what I want to say. Um, obviously, Kev, Evan, appreciate y'all having me on again. Shout out everybody in the chat. Hope everyone has a wonderful, happy holiday season. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll talk to y'all again soon. Yes, thank you so much, Jordan. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you guys. He's at Big 75 Fella, host of the Falcons Fade podcast and contributor at the Falcoholic. Jordan, have a wonderful night. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Yep. All right, folks. Apparently it's just me. Evan, are you still here? Apparently it's just me. I guess I guess Evan just disappeared. Uh, maybe, maybe he's coming back. I don't know. It's weird, though, because you guys can see I have two cameras running. Uh, they're different. All right, let me switch here. Uh, this is working. Okay, good. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, let me get to these donations, then I'll let you guys get back to your to your holiday festivities. Uh, we can enjoy this Christmas miracle here. Um, we got George Costanza with the $2. What's up, George? He says, thank God Arthur Smith finally stopped doing those jet sweeps to John U. Smith. Only took him 15 weeks to figure that out. So we have that going for us, which is nice. Hashtag rise up everywhere but the draft board. Yeah, I mean, that that's a, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the draft implications of this game, which are very small, by the way, like tiny. I think people are like, oh, the Falcons ruined their draft pick or something like that. No, not at all, actually, like very little. Um, we got Ryan H. with the $5. Thank you, Ryan. He says, Smith's weak-ass play calling was a direct result of his obsessive mustache grooming. Super Bowl now a lock thanks to disposable Bic razors. Well, I mean, that's modern technology for you. Those innovations, they're they are clearly key for Arthur Smith and the Falcons offense as a whole. We got Guy Fieri, a.k.a. Solaire, with the $2. What's up, buddy? Happy holidays to you. He says, this warmth, this heat, it's a foolish disguise. Our path is the darkness. Arthur Smith is the warden of darkness. We cannot escape the void of draft takes. We must consume what we should be fed. We, will be, we finally beat the freaking Colts. Yeah, they had lost like the last six or seven games to the Colts, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's pretty cash. Yeah, they did. I think they had, were on a big losing streak against the Colts. They have been for many years. Um, so we do, we do break that streak. Uh, so that's nice. Um, we got George Costanza again here with the $2. Thank you, George. He says, draft take. Since we're determined to screw up our draft position and move down the board instead of up, let's take the best offensive lineman available and bring in Carson Wentz for a year, run it back and see what we get. Draft Spencer Rattler, it can't be worse than this. Okay, no to those two quarterback decisions. Best offensive lineman available, actually not that crazy, but I wouldn't feel comfortable with it unless like a certain guy, like like maybe if Talisi Fuaga is there in the early teens and like the top pass rushers are gone, you don't want to reach on the third guy, you know, they, they get a veteran quarterback. We could maybe have that conversation, but I feel like if they, it's going to be hilarious, but like if they, get fields and like there's a run on edge rushers before they pick at like 12 or something if that's where they end up picking it's gonna be hilarious when they draft like malik neighbors or something like that and like 
Malik Neighbors is really good, so like I actually wouldn't be that upset about it, but it would be hilarious uh, if they draft another skill position just just because. Um, they do need a wide receiver too, really bad, and an explosive player like like Neighbors actually makes sense. Uh, which is it's sad that I'm talking about another skill position player. I my top two need quarterback, edge, offensive tackle, then skill position. But you know, there's a certain series of events that could happen where it might make sense. But yeah, let's let's not let's not go there at this time. Uh, we got Ray Moon with the two dollars. Says, why are we still throwing to Van Jefferson? Ray, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could. We got Jason Gaines with the two dollars. Says, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody except Ritter and Arthur Smith. I'll take that dub today. It was great to see the Falcons' defense take advantage of that same Colts offensive line that got Matt Ryan killed last year. Pat McAfee is very quiet today. Yeah, we silenced them and. Great job again by the pass rush. You absolutely, those guys absolutely came to play and nailed it. Love to see the young guys stepping up. All right, guys, before I close this out with with draft takes, right? You guys asked for it. We'll talk about that a little bit. Let me get to our, our prize picks real quick. Um, you know, we got hosed. Uh, I thought the Falcons were going to incorporate Kaderil Hodge more into the game plan because, you know, Taylor Heineke loves Kaderil Hodge, right? He he got one catch for five yards, so we, we, we missed that one. That was a little bit of an outside one, but... I thought there was a chance, unfortunately not. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway because uh, the Falcons shut down the Colts to such an extent that uh, I, th- I actually felt really good about this Alec. Well, the Alec Pierce one did hit still, you know, three for 30. Um, I actually thought I missed that one. So Alec Pierce came through. Kaderil Hodge, you know, Falcons offense uh, hoses us again in prize picks. But uh, Young Wei Koo nailed it. Obviously, five field goals, no problems there whatsoever. Um but, you know, we, we go back to the drawing board here. Obviously, I uh, would have liked, you know, Kadarl Hodge to, to get one more pass for five yards. That would that would be nice. But, unfortunately, we can't have nice things with my prize picks sometimes. That's just the way it is. But, uh, you know, if I had gone with Bijan this week and not last week, then we'd probably be fine, unfortunately. Uh, but that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, still fun. Really appreciate prize picks for sponsoring the show. I've really been enjoying uh, playing the game uh, that they run over there. Price picks, of course, guys, for those that aren't aware, is a daily fantasy game where you pick two to six players and decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. The more you pick, the more you can win all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And I believe now with their uh, higher risk picks, I think they're like denoted by like a red goblin or whatever they call it. You can actually go up to a hundred times if you go with like six high risk ones. Now, it's very unlikely for that to happen. But if you wanted to go go big and try to make, you know, 100 bucks on on five, you know, make 500 bucks on on 5 bucks or something, you could try it. Uh, absolutely. And at Prize Picks guys, you are competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. They also have a very generous promotion schedule, especially this week. I know they're running a bunch of like Christmas picks and things like that, so make sure to check that out. And it's not just the NFL. Uh NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, while that's still going on, soccer, esports, whatever, they've got it and more. And you can make those prize picks in 60 seconds or less. And they offer fast withdrawals. Super easy. Anyone that signs up with our promo code DBB, you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So that means if you throw in 100 prize picks, we'll match that and give you another 100. If you deposit 50 prize picks, we'll match that and give you 50. Just make sure to use our promo code DBB. And prize picks, since it's daily fantasy, guys, it's available in 31 states, Washington, D.C., and most of Canada particularly Georgia, right? I know a lot of my viewers are from Georgia, obviously with the Falcons. It is available there along with 70% of the United States. Uh, 
And again, guys, uh, thanks to Price Picks for sponsoring the show. It was a fun one this week. You know, we missed it, but hey, uh, we we go again. We go again. Uh, but guys, really appreciate everyone for hanging out today. The one thing I will say, and you know, I mentioned it before we took our our Price Picks break there. The Falcons draft, like again, with the Falcons having the easiest strength of schedule by far. Um, you know, I think New Orleans was the only one that was even remotely close and, and there's, uh, with the Falcons winning and stuff like that, it's gone up more. I don't think anyone's really going to threaten to, to overtake the Falcons in strength of schedule this year because every game, so if the Falcons do win, they actually like make their strength of schedule, like they, they like hurt New Orleans strength of schedule and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of funny how those things work, but the Falcons, they were picking, uh, I believe ninth or maybe it was even 10th. I think they're picking 10th. Uh, the Falcons are picking 10th. Now they are picking 11th. So it's like the, after a win, because guess what? They just go to the top of the next group that they're in. Um, if Vegas were to win this week, the Falcons would then go back up to 10. So like uh, <laughs> they're probably not going to, but I'm just saying. So like if Chicago wins and then the Falcons lose to Chicago next week, they'll go up back up to 10 or, you know, the Jets just won. So now the Jets are at nine, you know, the, the Falcons, like, they could still end up in the top 10 if they lose out. And even if they win again, they're probably not going to get that much higher in the draft order. So, you know, I, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in that. Let's see how these next couple of games go, and then we'll figure it out from there um, in terms of, you know, what this team is doing. <laughs> but, um, guys, we really appreciate everyone for hanging out with us today. We did get uh, a couple, one last donation here from Adrian Russ with a $2.00. Thank you so much, man. He says, Jesse, I am the best safety in the league. Bates, the third again. This was the most complete game I've seen from this team all year. I think you're right. When the Falcons play good teams, they play well. When they play bad teams, they play worse. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, man. They do play to their competition. Absolutely. It's not. I don't think it's coincidence that when they go up against a good run defense, they tend to play like their best games on the ground. When they go up against a bad run defense, they suck. It's just, I don't know what it is, but... They should just tell them this is the best defense. This is the best team in the league every week. And just don't look at the record. Don't look at all. And they'll probably look like a Super Bowl team if, if you tell them that. But um, they got they, they have to find a way to be consistent. If, if they win this and then flub the last two, nothing changes, right? If Arthur Smith wants to save his job. And again, like, I want to make it clear. Like, I like Arthur Smith. I like the man. I think he gets a bad rap overall, like, personality-wise. I, I think typically when I've interacted with him, he's been quite personable and nice and i like his like overall ideas i think the execution has obviously been bad this year but like i would like arthur smith to save his job i would like him to win out dominate give us a lot of hope you know get into the playoffs hopefully win a playoff game whatever like that would be great that's the best case scenario but it's very difficult to do like there's we've lost faith we've seen so many issues so many problems and this, this team continues to show the same ones. And again, we've talked about it. Like, do we trust Arthur Smith to pick the next quarterback? I don't I don't know that I do. Um, so it's dicey. But I, I hope or I hope Arthur Smith and the Falcons can pull this off. I, I hope that they they make it work. I hope that Arthur Smith is able to evolve his scheme, is is able to recognize the mistakes that he's made, bring in the right coaches around him and get it done. Um, because I like the man. I think he's a good dude. Um, but it's it's you, you, you can't just be a good dude, as we saw with Dan Quinn, right? You can't just be a good dude that everybody likes. You can't just have the players buy in and love you. You have to actually... You have to actually execute on the field. You have to get results in the NFL. There's no 
ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to win, and you have to win consistently. You got to fix your problems. So, and maybe that does mean, like, you know, I know a lot of people have been saying, well, maybe Arthur Smith can, is a better CEO and needs someone else to call the offense. Maybe that is the case. You know, is he willing to do that? Is he willing to admit that he's not the best person to call this offense and maybe just needs to have, you know, maybe needs to coordinate the run game or, or, or make the overall decisions or something like that? I don't know. But whatever they need to do, they need to do it fast because that Panthers game changed things. I don't think Arthur Smith was in serious danger until they lost that Panthers game. He's in danger now. Um, big time and and this game obviously helps keep him from being like fired imminently like I think after this win he's he's earned through the end of the season no question but I still think that they need to at least get another win to secure his job uh and, and they can't get blown out or have a bad game at this point I, I think they have to finish really strong they certainly are capable of it they're you know they're 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 capable of doing many things uh, this team is capable of being good. They're just super inconsistent. So um, it's difficult. It's difficult to see. Uh, it's difficult to predict. <laughs> you can see, like, I, you know, if you guys watch my prize picks, I tell you why I pick them. This is the trends. This is why, you know, or whatever. And this team just doesn't, you know, doesn't follow any lo form of logic. So it's obviously very dangerous to bet on this team, and, and I would not recommend it. But they're capable of of being a playoff team. They should be a playoff team this year. We've seen the highs of this team are clearly playoff caliber, but they just don't do it enough. They make so many mistakes. They're very sloppy. You guys know this. Um, we just need to see it. Let's do it, right? Like, this is the time to do it. Like, you've got two more games. Prove it. You know, please prove it. Please do Please do it. Um, because I, I'm tired of waiting for it to happen. It was nice. Like, this was big. Like, we finally got a clean game. And, like, clean, you know, as Jordan pointed out, clean game. But, ultimately, this team needs to, to make the plays. And they need to do it consistently. And they don't have a lot of time left to get it right. This was an encouraging performance. A Christmas miracle, right? Uh, but, it's not enough by itself. They have to find a way to, to, to do it over the remainder of the game. Uh, over the remainder of the season. They can't just show this flash in the pan and expect uh this to happen and i hope they can pull it off um and obviously i'm never gonna root for this team to lose uh, i hate that it's i think it's a loser mentality you guys are obviously welcome to do whatever you need to do to get through with this team i don't blame you for for already wanting to go to draft takes i mean i'm certainly tempted sometimes to throw out another mock draft and we will get a mock mock draft soon don't worry uh at the end of the season but it's tough uh this team has been very frustrating you guys know that I hope that they can be less frustrating over the final two games of the season. Maybe even maybe even win some games and 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 get into the playoffs. It's obviously a long shot, but it's not impossible. So let's start by winning the next two. If we win the next two and they miss the playoffs, maybe we could talk, Arthur Smith. Maybe we could talk. We can have a reconciliation. Uh, because at this point, it's out of your hands because you lost some stupid games. But you're gonna have to sh you're gonna have to impress. I think at this point. Um, so let's see if we can do it. But. It, the Bears are looking good. The Saints in New Orleans are a very different team. If you beat those two teams, I, I think that's fairly impressive. So let's see how it goes. But guys, thanks again for joining us today. Really appreciate you. Please do like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Well, thank you all the live viewers, all over 200 of you that are hanging out with us on Christmas Eve. You can go back to your families now. Thank you. Uh, if you're, you're listening to the podcast audio to try to escape your family later, 
Uh, please leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, the channel, the, the training camp fund, uh, thanks everyone for donating. I, I need to set up the actual tracker because you guys have donated like over $100 so far. So thank you for that. Um, but I'll have that up and running. Senior Bowl at the end of January. We'll be going to that. Obviously, I got my credentials approved uh, last week. So excited for that. It's going to be a great class this year. Really fun. Um, you can check out the channel memberships if you want to get those uh, perks for the channel on YouTube. If you're a podcast uh, enjoyer, you can check out the Patreon for those similar perks. Just more kidder to the podcast. Um, and yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Uh, I don't know exactly when Trench Talk will be. Uh, probably not going to record it, obviously, on Christmas. So it'll probably be a little bit later in the week. We'll try to get that Wednesday show for you since we missed it last week. Um, and then we'll have, you know, regular stuff going into this next game. The uh, the Saints game week is going to be a little dicey because I'm going to be on vacation for some of it. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll give you a programming schedule when we get closer to time. But just a heads up on that. But guys, enjoy the rest of your holiday uh holidays here enjoy your family enjoy your friends enjoy yourself if you're just hanging out uh and having that that single life boss uh evening so whatever you guys are doing uh enjoy yourselves have a great time we will see you next time on the falcoholic live and dirty birds and brews merry christmas happy holidays happy i don't know festivus if george is still here uh <laughs> guys thank you so much we'll see you next time on the falcoholic live i'm kevin i have falcoholic kevin have a wonderful holiday season we'll see you next week have a great night folks without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.